Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we have a former Tar Heel who played 14 NBA seasons, even won a ring in 2011. You see him all over the media, and he is ready to check in. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt. Back in action. King held it down without me. You and Perk were great. But did you miss me? Um. Wow. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I, was about to... I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess I did. You can um, say no, you know, it's fine. I, I, I always miss you, Monica. And when I don't talk to you, I miss you. But you know what? I'm starting to see you so much on the television that it's kind of hard to miss you because I feel like I see you every single day. So I don't know. I, I will say that when we hopped on to do this pod today, I was like, oh, you haven't texted me in a minute. I haven't talked to you. Like, we haven't come up with a scheme for you to take over the world. That's what we do. All right, we got we got, we got to come up with the scheme. I'm going to text you after this. Um, okay, great. I, I might be busy, so don't don't judge my response time. That's what I'm saying. Nah, see, this is what I'm talking about. She gets big time and can't even it's respond not... back to me. No. Dang. <laughs> when I tell you, I feel like I went on that little mini vacation and I feel like I walked into a burning building in terms of stuff. Like, I just been trying to catch up all week. And Saturday, the WNBA kicks off. I'm hosting on ABC, the doubleheader at one mm. and three. I got to go to Bristol tomorrow. But I'm so glad to be back on the pod. We got a super dope guest. Shout out to you for booking these big time guests. I'm proud of you. Look at you elevating BBB pod. Man, trying trying to do a little something. Trying to add my little uh, expertise. You, you are doing it and doing it very well, my dude. Uh, with that said, Brendan Haywood up next. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. He is an opinionated seven-footer, one of the two, <laughs> the former UNC Tar Heel and 14-year NBA vet. He is never at a loss for words, and a, a, apparently he's kind of petty also, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> he is Brendan Haywood. Welcome, B-Wood. What's up, Kane? What's up? How you doing? But I'm, I'm doing blessed, man. Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm not doing blessed. I'm blessed. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good to see y'all, man. Both of y'all, man. <laughs> Brennan, it's so good to have you. I was actually watching you this week. I can't remember who was playing, but NBA TV. Like, there's just so much to dive into from this season. Um, we got a ton of questions, but I do, off the top, I've been having a blast talking with veterans about this. Talk to me about the play-in. Mm. Hate it, love man. it, and different. Would like to see it move forward. I'm torn because 
I don't like it from a player standpoint. I feel like if we play 72 games and through a COVID season and we fight through all that and I get the seventh or the eighth seed, that's my spot, man. Okay, you had 72 games to get the spot, man. Like, I, I just feel like that team, it should go to that team. So the player in me doesn't really like it. I earned this spot. But the fan in me sees what this is doing for the game, what this is doing. The fans are more excited. Teams can't rest players down the stretch. Um, they're worried about being in the playing tournament. It's it's a lot of buzz. We might have LeBron James versus Steph Curry in the first, and okay. not the first round, but in the playing tournament scenario. So I see the excitement that it brings to the game. So it, it, I'm, I'm torn because like then the broadcaster announcer me kind of likes to play in game. The play, the the old ex player, the retired NBA player is like, nah. If that was my spot, I'd want to have my spot, man. So I'm basically on both sides of the fence. Okay, so here's my theory. Just human nature is to be adverse to change, right? But in a few years when we say the spots that are secure are one through six, like that's just gonna be what it is. We got a whole new wave of younger guys. I think it's excellent all around personally. I think it's gonna change. I, I think it's, it's definitely gonna change. People are gonna become more used to it, but mm -hmm. it's still not gonna take away from the fact that if I play 70, if we, let's say we get back to the 82 game schedule. I play okay. 82 games. And I had I win a certain amount, and I'm the seven seed, and I can have it taken away from me in one or two nights. What if my best player gets the flu? Uh, we in COVID times. What if my best player gets COVID and he can't play? <laughs> what if he sprains an ankle? So you telling me my whole season gets thrown away? I don't make it to the playoffs, and some Yahoos in the tenth spot get my shine? Oh, and then on top of that, we ain't even talk about the draft picks. You could be the tenth seed, get that dra level of draft pick, and still make the playoffs. B Wood, mm -hmm. all I'm going to say is B1 through six. That's all I got. <laughs> Very B1 true. through six. <laughs> so as, as a player, B Wood, who played in the NBA, how much harder would that be to be fighting for your life before the playoffs even really start? It would be a lot harder because you know how it is, like, coming down the stretch of the season, sometimes, you know, you're trying to rest certain players, you're trying to uh, make sure everything's right for the playoffs, but with the playing scenario... You can't do if you if you're the fourth seed. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how far away are we from this seventh spot? If you're the fifth seed, like hey man, we we can't be resting guys tonight. Now nah, we we can't afford to rest because we mess around and lose two three games in a row. You know how the Western Conference is always tough. You lose a couple games in a row, you can go from fourth to sixth to seventh just like that within within a week to two week span. So I, I think that the one good thing about the play play in is it keeps teams honest. And if I was a, if I was in that situation, I would be worried about probably falling down below that line. Um, okay, so let's stay there and look at things as currently constructed. We are recording this pod on a Thursday morning. There's like three, maybe most teams probably have two regular season games left. And speaking of that scenario, in particular, in the East, Miami, Atlanta, New York, all had the same record coming into today. Um, there's a lot of shuffling there. I guess who in the East has impressed you most would be the first question. Out of those teams or, the t or everybody? Just, I'll go the whole East. I'll go the whole East. In the East, um, the Brooklyn Nets have impressed me the most. They're really? the most talented. Yeah, because they haven't had their team all year long. Yeah. And so, like, to me, we look at what has happened. Well, Kyrie takes a leave of absence. And then uh, KD had to miss some time with an injury. Harden comes in. He plays great. 
and then he misses some time. No matter what obstacle has been thrown in front of them, Brooklyn has always responded. They play well. They had like a, a small little losing streak, but for the most part, their core guys have only played seven games together, and they're still the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. That's very impressive. You guys know y'all, y'all hoop, y'all, y'all know what it's about. Continuity, practice, everything else that matters. Well, Brooklyn isn't the Brooklyn isn't getting a chance to get that court time. And then teams aren't practicing like that this year because of COVID. There's not a lot of practice reps. For them to go out there and look that good with that limited amount of time together, I'm very impressed with what the Brooklyn Nets have done on the fly. I mm. have maintained that there's only one ball was the laziest, stupidest argument when that <laughs> team came together. Because y'all trying to tell me that these all-stars, Olympians, like you, you really think they can't play together. Plus, they've all played with superstars already. So yeah. I'm with you. I've been said that the East was the Brooklyn's to lose. So wait, my question is, who, who's the sleeper team in the East? Mm. Squad that could possibly sneak up on somebody and, and maybe take Brooklyn to, to, to six or seven. I think the, the, the answer to that question is the Miami Heat. Ooh. Because Miami, they have that championship experience, um, not championship, but they've been to the NBA Finals. Um, and so a lot of those guys understand what it takes to get there now. I think in the beginning of the season, they kind of had that swag like they were champions, even though they didn't win the championship. <laughs> and, and, and they got punched in the mouth. And so when Jimmy and then Jimmy Butler got he had to miss some time with, with COVID and things of that nature. The team just wasn't the same. But if you looked at Miami down probably the last month and a half of the season, they've been playing really good basketball. Jimmy Butler has this team right. They take on his identity. Y'all know he's tough minded. Miami's not the usual type of team that's normally that low, like a team that could be like, you know, five or six. So I, I think Miami could give teams problems. And we've seen them give Milwaukee problems last year. Like Bam Adebayo is a bad matchup for the Greek freak. If they were to match up somewhere with Milwaukee, I'm not sure Milwaukee would be hyped to see Miami again. So Miami is the team to me that could surprise some of the upper tier seeds and make a big time run in the East. You mentioned it, B-Wood. Talk to me, though, a little bit about Milwaukee, because I sort of have this theory that without the attention of Giannis's last two MVP campaigns and the regular season fanfare, they've had an opportunity to kind of settle in and just work, like just be about their business with the additions of Holiday and Tucker. And to me, there's something brewing there, potentially, maybe? Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee has a shot. Milwaukee has Milwaukee definitely has a shot. And we talk about Brooklyn. Brooklyn has no answer for Giannis. Like yeah. when I've watched Giannis play against Milwaukee this year, it's been it's it's been ridiculous. I mean, they tried to put DeAndre Jordan on, that was a bad plan. Steve, hey, listen, if Steve Nash ever watches this clip, do not put DeAndre Jordan <laughs> on Giannis one-on-one on ISO Island ever again. I mean, he was cooking. I felt so bad because DeAndre is like 33 years old. Like, he's past his days of being first-team all-defense. You can't tell him to go out there and go on Greek freak solo, man. Man, he was getting he was getting killed out there. So <laughs> I don't think that there is a – I don't think there's a good matchup on Brooklyn's team for Giannis, which could give Milwaukee a possible advantage. And then I think that Brook um, – I think that I look at the addition of Holiday. Holiday's yeah. a way better player and a bigger upgrade over uh, Bledsoe. So I think that Milwaukee this year is somebody that is, that is to be taken a little bit more serious. But at the end of the day, stars win you championships. Giannis is going to have to play better down the stretch in the playoffs than he has before. 
going to have to hit the free throws, going to have to, going to have to uh, knock down some of those mid-range jumpers or those, those fadeaways, those fallaway shots, because your stars end up with those shots in tough moments. They drive to the lane, they get kind of, they can't get all the way there. They got to hit those shots. That's just the, the yeah. nature of the game. And the last couple of years, you know, Giannis hasn't hit those shots, whether it was against Bam Adebayo or against Kawhi Leonard, and his team has faltered because of it. So on the flip side to that, if the Bucks underachieve, and let, let's say they... What's underachieving? Yeah, define they, it. They, they, they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. You still got Philly in the Nets, right? They don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Will there have to be a drastic change to the Bucks roster? There won't be a change to the Bucks roster because they can't really make changes to the Bucks roster. Yeah, I was about to say. They, I mean, more, they, more so, more so, more so, like coach, coaches included, though. Coaches included. Oh, coaches included. Oh, Buck gone for sure. <laughs> if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, if they don't get to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals, Bud will be back coaching with Pop in San Antonio. I'm telling Ooh. you that right now. If Ooh. they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they listen. If they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, somebody's going to get blamed, right? Well, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna blame Giannis, even yeah. if it is his fault. You're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of him. You're not gonna get rid of Chris Middleton. Okay, you just you just gave uh you just gave Drew Holiday the bag. When I say the boy got his own money, he got his own money. <laughs> you, so so you can't get rid of him. He's gonna be in a first year deal of a mega bag, and then you gave up all your draft picks yeah. when you acquired Drew Holiday. This roster is what it is. So if you can't win this year with this roster, you got to find somebody that can help you win with it. Okay. So, all right. So speaking of coaching changes, and it's certainly bare fruit, Philly this year, I just, I just, I just, I'm not sure. I'm not ready to, to get in on the Philly train just yet. I think Doc is excellent. I think Joel has had a great year. Um, I really think Tobias Harris doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I've said it. It's the Nets to lose, especially if they're healthy. Personally, I think Philly is included in that. Yeah, I mean, we know the Nets are the best offensive team out there, but the Nets do have some defensive question marks. Mm. They do have some. De- they do have some defensive question marks, and they struggle to guard big men. It doesn't matter if it's Joel Embiid or if it is uh, Giannis. They struggle inside. They don't have those type of players. So. My money would be on Brooklyn, but would it surprise me if Philly beat them? Nah, Tobias, like you said, is underrated. Um, he can go, he can go for a big number. Ben Simmons, he does a lot. We always talk about what he doesn't do well as far as shooting. He's an incredible passer. He's an incredible defensive player. Let's just say they get in a tight series and he slows KD down in some tight moments. Not shut him down. No one shuts yeah. KD down, but you know, just makes life tough for him. Maybe the last three or four minutes of a tight ball game. You, they could steal that game because Joel Embiid, he's going to average between 30 and 40 against Brooklyn because there's no answers. There's nothing that – you can't put Claxton on him. You can't put DeAndre on him. There's yeah. no answer for him down there. So could they steal that series? Yeah, I could see Philly stealing the series possibly. Um, Joel Embiid lives at the free throw line as well. Um, yeah, but my money would still be on Brooklyn. But I'm not going to say it's like a foregone conclusion or anything like that. Like they can't be beat. Mm. So let's take the other side. Ooh, it's gonna be so fun this year. So, <laughs> your money's on Brooklyn in the East. Yeah, man. Let me, hold on. Let me try to get out this. Yeah, I gotta ship my camera. Come man. on, cause cause the dome is shining. Listen, right. man. You already got the, yeah, the, the ball dome, man. Can't be having the light blind everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so look, you got Brooklyn. You got your money on Brooklyn in the East. Brooklyn in the Go east. to the West. Who would you put okay. your money on to make it out of the the, the Western Conference? See, man, in the West, man, it's fun. My, my money would be funny out there because if 
I knew that LeBron James was 100% healthy. Yeah. I would take the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You got LeBron, you got AD, championship level defense. Let's go. Yeah. But I don't know that. And LeBron is coming back from a high ankle sprain. And he's 36 years old. I'm not sure what type of conditioning he's going to be in right now. I'm not sure if he's going to be all the way back from a from his high ankle. The high ankle sprain is a tough injury to come back from. I hear I keep hearing people say if LeBron's 80%, they'll be fine. But nah, 80% is cool if you're a role player. Like if you spotting up in the corner, yeah, you could be 80%. If he had to do what I had to do when I played, I was a role player. Hey, block some shots and rebound. You can do that at 80%. But man, when you got to go out there and get 25 to 30, get eight to 10 assists, get you eight, nine rebounds. Oh yeah, and in the clutch moments, if we're playing against somebody like the Clippers, go out there, bounce around between uh, Kawhi and Paul George. And you want to do that on 80% of your ankle? That's that's a tough ask for somebody that's 36. 36. He's so 36. I'm, yeah, man. So I'm not really sure in the Western Conference. I'ma say it, I'm gonna put it to I'm gonna hedge my I'm gonna put it to you like this. If the Lakers don't play the Clippers in round one, I'm taking the Lakers to make it out. We're gonna get a Lakers Nets final. But if the Lakers play the Clippers, like if the Lakers find a way to get to that six seed and they come out there, Braun a little gimpy. Um, not in the best shape, and they take on the Clippers, I think the Clippers can win that series. It doesn't feel like we're talking about the Clippers enough. I was thinking about that the, this week. Like, yeah, I mean, I think down the stretch, for teams to me that have already clinched, like one through three and are comfortable, I'm not particularly alarmed by losses at this point. Like you said, guys are sort of resting, whatever. And then you got teams that are just flat out desperate that need those wins. Yeah. Um, but why don't we talk about the Clippers? You, I mean, is it – I mean, last year was embarrassing in terms of what their goals were. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this team has been better this year. They, they've been more consistent. Paul George is playing great basketball. Was down the stretch. Yeah, well, recency bias. Last year, everybody hyped up the Clippers. We propped them up all year long. We talked about how they had the best roster in the league, and they went out there and they properly let us down. And by by us, I mean me. I was I was <laughs> hyping the Clippers all season long, and then I looked like a fool when LeBron James did what he normally does and wins the Western Conference. And the Clippers couldn't even get to the matchup against LeBron. And that's where it is. So because of that, people kind of don't believe in these Clippers, even though the roster is drastically different. Um, People kind of don't believe in Paul George because of what happened in the bubble. And he's had some other playoff shortcomings. Um, So people, the Clippers are kind of flying underneath the radar. But like you said, Paul George is playing way better this year. Tyrone Lewis doing a hell of a job coaching this team. They're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. And they have a lot of versatility up and down that roster. I think one of the biggest off, one of the biggest in-season moves made was getting Rondo. Yeah, you saw definitely. what Rondo did for the Lakers. I think he's going to have the same effect on these Clippers, playoff Rondo. And that's the reason why I don't like um, that matchup for the Lakers early on in the playoffs. But I think the Clippers are, the, if the Lakers don't make it out, I think the Clippers will be the team that gets out of the Western Conference. So here's the thing, B-Wood. Here's the thing, King. We are now talking, this feels a lot like the WNBA, where we are heavily driven driven by veterans. We're talking about teams that we know about. The teams with the best records actually are the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, right? And so this, this week was the first time that I actually allowed myself to go down this rabbit hole of if either one of those teams actually pull it off because health is going to be so important. And we're seeing that down the stretch. Almost like, does the youth of those teams benefit from this wonky, weird season, kind of, sort of? Well, Utah's not 
that young. They got vets. Like they got That's Mike true. Conley, Rudy Go. I mean, Rudy Gobert's been in the league enough now. We can say he's kind of a vet. He's not a, just a young guy. Um, you got you got guys like Joe Ingles. You got Bogdanovich. They got guys that have experience. And 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 Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's a, he's still young, but man. He came in his league right off the bat and tapped up Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo in the playoffs a few years back. And then we saw what he did last year. Even in a losing effort, he was phenomenal in the bubble. Him and Jamal Murray had that battle. So I believe in this Utah team. Um, I believe they have plenty of shooters. Um, you need uh-huh. that. Hold on, game. B-Wood. Don't tell yeah. me you believe in them. You believe in them how? Talk to me where they're going, who they're beating, how deep you got them. How, how you believe in them? I believe that the Utah Jazz are a team that can contend for a championship. Contend for, oh my goodness. Like yes. a, not, not the Western Conference Finals. You're talking oh about championship. Well, if you make the championship, you contend it. You know what okay, I'm saying? Okay, but like, you got you to give me, where, where's my standing? Who, you got them knocking off. I mean, who they going to run into? Oh yeah, let's, 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 let's go down. I've already done it, but go, let's, go, let's go do it. Let's go down. Let's T- go do it. Let's tell go me who. Okay, come on. NBA standing. Wait, b you didn't gave us two teams that you said you put your money on. Then you say you believe that <laughs> can contend for a championship? Well, but look, All right. Okay, it's kind of like this right Hey, King, it's kind of like this right here. If you're watching the three-point contest, and you know Steph Curry in it, your money gonna be on Steph. But if somebody tell you Devin Booker in it, you ain't just gonna discount him. You know what I'm saying? You're like, hey man, he can win it too. It's the same I mean, thing. Fair. It's like, like I'm a, just in, in fairness, I don't think I don't feel that way about Phoenix. Mm. I don't feel that way about Dallas. I don't feel that way about Denver. You know mm. what I'm saying? So there's mm-hmm. my top mm-hmm. three teams in the Western Conference as far as believing they can make it. I only have three, both LA teams in Utah. And so those, and, and I believe in the Clippers and Utah for some of the same reasons. The ability to shoot the ball is key. They have so many shooters. Listen, Utah would have won that series against Denver last year if Bogdanovich uh, would have been healthy. People sleeping. He didn't play in the bubble, man. That's a guy that, that's a guy that was averaging 18 points per game, gone. So I believe in Utah because I like Donovan Mitchell. I think that he's a star in this league. I like Bogdanovich. Mike Conley looks way more comfortable this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Snyder is going to be the coach of the year. I like this team. And then some Over of the Tibbs? That, Wait a minute. Huh? But go ahead. Sorry, I'm distracted. Over Tibbs? Dog, Utah is the best record in the league, and they play in the Western Conference. Tibbs isn't even going to be second. Monty, Monty Williams is going to be second. I have Monty Williams second, but I ain't have Quinn Snyder as, as one. Come on. Like that's, we expected everything that this team did and not to knock that, but come on. The Knicks came Ooh, out of obscurity. You, you expected Utah to be number one in the whole. I, okay. Maybe not number one, but I expected Utah to be very good. Like, come on. This is not like, this is you not. expected them to be number one in the West. I, 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 Tibbs is my coach of the year. I'm sorry. I just can't do that. Oh, sorry, that no. That's called biased. No, it's not called by. Look at what the Knicks have done. Don't that's start. Like, stop, y'all. Stop. But, stop. Look, if you say that, if you, say that then you cannot say that you don't have Julius Randle top three in your MVP. Like you said the other week on the show. Uh, Julius Randle definitely belongs in the MVP conversation. But, okay. No, you but, say he was top five, not top three, Monica. I did say, I said he was top five or top three? The top five, not top three. Yeah, I, 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 agree. And I, like, Tibbs, I still stand by coach, that. If you have Tibbs as your coach of the year, you need to have Julius Randle top three. No, nah, I can't put him top three, but I, I got top five. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think that those are exclusive. Like I mean, I don't think that those correlate. But if you look at what the Knicks have done and what Julius Randle has done, he we're has talking to- about coach of the year though. 
I know, but both of I think both of those are simu- they work simultaneously together. All right, Brendan's the only actual NBA player here. Uh, <laughs> wow. I think you're, you're wow, you can't know that in my face. Wow. wow. Because, because he didn't that's say all that. That's what we wow. no, But she I, act like, wow, she gets on ESPN around the horn. Wait all, a minute. Wait a minute. All of a sudden, she throws out, oh, he's not the, he's the only NBA player in here. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Wow. You didn't let me like finish my statement. You got insulted. NBA, Hold on. I didn't, I'm not, I didn't, or the WBA. You didn't let me finish my statement. That was not a dig at at you so much as it was the question, does coach of the year have to correlate to having an MVP caliber guy on your roster? Because you got people arguing for Donovan as an MVP caliber guy too. Don't wow, it wasn't that deep King, you know I love you. Cut it out, (laughs) B-Wood. But look. Tibbs is my coach of the year, I'm sorry. Let's go back to this argument with... (laughs) (laughs) We would stop. I feel bad. I didn't mean it like that, King. You know I love you. <laughs> no. We... <laughs> be what? <laughs> That's crazy. But you see how oh she does it? Hey, King, no. man, the, di- I, the disrespect. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. The disrespect, man. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. All right. You know I love no, you. No, I don't, I don't think player of the year and coach of the year um, or, or like MVP that is mutually exclusive. I wanna, but when I look at coach of the year, I look at what you've done, where the team is, expectations. And I think Tibbs has done a great job, right? So I think yeah. that he has elevated the Knicks somewhere that we didn't think they would be this year. But I think that Quinn Snyder has done the exact same thing. I thought Utah might finish somewhere in the top five, maybe four, five, three. But I didn't think they were they were running the West most of the year. The coach with the best record in the league, who nobody really believed in their stars like that coming into the season. Now we're talking about Donovan Mitchell should be uh, possibly in the MVP race. Now we're talking about this this Utah three point shooting and defense. Like I got to give it to Quinn Snyder. Whoever wins in the Western Conference, because we still got time left. Utah's probably going to win, but if if Phoenix were to were to come back and win, I'd have Monty Williams as the uh, coach of the year. Whoever wins the West is going to be my coach of the year because both of those guys are phenomenal, and Tibbs is going to be third for coach of the year. Why does somebody just keep following me around? Because <laughs> you're hot. Your take is hot. It's Tibbs. <laughs> <laughs> Not than your take on King. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, that I think. That is, yeah, I could get with that argument, but I think <laughs> I think the biggest part of what you said, though, to me, is expectations and what you have on your roster. Uh, and so, therefore, I, I, but back I to my back to my original my point. Don't be shocked if Utah that Utah makes a run. They have a great backcourt. They play good enough defense. You have Rudy Gobert shutting things off inside. They have three point shooting. Donovan Mitchell has come up big in the playoffs before. They got Bogdanovich back this year. Conley's playing better. Don't be shy. And things are breaking their way, too. Like, yeah. if you you look at it, okay, in the first round, they might have to take on whoever the eight seed would be, which they should be able to win that matchup. Mm -hmm. Then you look at the four or five matchup. Well. Denver or Portland, right? Yeah. As it stands. Like, yo, like. They could they could be whether we're talking Denver, Portland, the Mavs. Like I love them, I love the Mavs, but they only have one star. And it, everything's everything's on Luca. You know how that's gonna be in the playoffs. Hey man, they're gonna be looking at let Luca like Tupac. All eyes on me. Everybody's gonna be focused on them. And like like Porzingis hasn't stepped up as that true number two star. So 
things are breaking the right way. Like, just look at how things are going. If Utah gets the number one seed, you could be looking at the possibly like the Lakers, Clippers, and Phoenix all being on one side. Mm. Things That's, could break their yeah. way. Mm. Be willing to, to, to continue that point. No, I know you played for Dallas. I'm a Dallas kid. What is it going to take for Dallas to finally be able to contend for a championship? Because I've been trying to figure this out. But what is it going to take for them to actually be able to contend for a championship? I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to Porzingis' development hmm. as that true number two. Because we were just joking about how all eyes are going to be on Luka. But that's really what it's going to be. We know everybody's going to be keying in on Luka. Yeah. But Luka needs somebody. Most of the time, whether we talk about Michael Jordan, he had Scottie Pippen. Magic Jordan had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron had Dwayne Wade, Kyrie. You need somebody else with you most of the time that can, hey, on a night where you're off or you don't have it or the defense is keying in on you, this guy can go do his thing. Porzingis hasn't proven to be that yet. And if he can grow and become that, Dallas can be a championship contender. If not, they got to find somebody that can be a, a, a true Robin to Luca's Batman. That's what he really needs. Luca's proven in a short amount of time, he is Batman. He's going to go down as one of the best players in NBA league history. He just needs that second tier option. Um, I want to go back though, real quick to uh, the Jazz. What's their weakness be with? I, I have I some back, I thought you were going back to Kings. No, no, no. Kings are my best friend hey. in my life. And King, though, no, first of all, King, King. Stop gassing you... this up. <laughs> I gotta ask, King, I've been, I've been wanting to ask this all podcast. Yeah. King, do you have somewhere to go, like, right after this? Where are you going with the cross cross body strap? Like, you got to run out, like, as soon as the pod is over, like, yo, I got to go get the kids. I'm out. Like, dog, like, where are you going, fam? Where are you going? You get... Man, I'm going, I'm going to get a new car, man. I got a car appointment. <laughs> Hey, he said NBA or not, man. He got that bag over there, that ESPN money kick. Yeah, I, hey, I know he not talking. Put up to the pile with the Javinci on. Hey, I hey, know you hey. not talking. Baby. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, I, I got a couple nice pieces. A couple nice things. That's all. Hey, hey, he wake I up spend, in I the morning. All money. Wake up early in the morning. First thing he throw on is just just a random sweatshirt <laughs> over there in the corner, and it just happened to be Javinci. Hey, man, it, it is what it is, man. Hey. <laughs> But I just, I just, I, I've been waiting to ask you for the last 20 minutes where the hell you going. I keep looking at him like, where is he going with the crossbody joint? He must have an appointment like right after. Like, it's like soon as we end this joint, he out. Immediately. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. Um, That's hilarious. I'm, I did notice that too. So I appreciate that observation. Good luck at your car appointment. I hope you get a great deal. Uh, but I do want to say, ask about the Jazz, B-Wood. Their weakness, What what is, is there one that stands out? Because I have a, a slight theory. I could be bugging a little bit, but uh, I want to see what you got. Uh, yeah, the Jazz's weakness to me, the Jazz's weakness to me is kind of their strength. Their weakness, their, their, yeah, their weakness is that you can put Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll and exploit mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And their strength is Rudy Gobert being their back line of defense and clogging things up in the middle. But if we put him in a bunch of pick and rolls and see how and, and see how they play, we might be able to get some uh, some shots. So that would be their weakness to me is that Rudy doesn't get out there and and challenge guards like Anthony Davis does. Anthony Davis gets up at the level of the screen and he either shows out, he switches. It's really hard to get a shot off. Whereas with Rudy, he kind of sags back. And yeah, that that might work. But you mess around and play Dane, Rudy sagging back might be the reason why you give up forty. 
that that's why that's one of the main reasons why um uh, Jamal Murray was killing the bubble last year. They put Rudy in the pick and roll. Every time he sat, sagged back, Jamal was like, yo, take this eyeball sandwich. Man, I ain't playing with you. You better come out here. Come, hey, get, get, hey, listen, come out your comfort zone and come guard me. He never came out there, so Jamal just kept cooking. Um, okay, then we're on the same page because I had a lovely conversation with some jazz folks on Twitter. Because I, I kind of said mid-season, I was like, I'm concerned either the pick and roll or when you got a guy in a dunker spot. I think Miami, they had played Miami. And I, obviously, everybody doesn't have a bam. But anytime that he like is can't be that backline anchor, I just after you know Mike and, and Donovan like the straight up one on one NBA, I just get a little nervous. Like I just feel like that defense is susceptible to that as a big gaping hole. It is. That's 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 their weakness. Their weakness is that Rudy Gobert is a one trick pony, but it's a hell of a trick. You know, what I'm it's saying? true. It's, it's true. It, it, his trick is that he shuts down the rim. He's been defensive player of the year twice. He's been all team defense. He's going to be there this year. But his defense can be taken advantage of if you have a high level score and you continuously put him in the pick and roll. So that's their weakness to me. All right, Snyder, I who I think is going to be coach of the year, is going to have to find a way to coach around that. <laughs> Hey, uh, Quinn Snyder's going to be Ryan called this man petty. You, you, you kind of see the pettiness in B. Wood. <laughs> Very petty. The petties of the petty. Petty white. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay, uh, before we move on to some of your time here in D.C., which I remember, hilariousness, uh, the finals. Give me your finals and then your champ. Cards in. All cards in. Okay. Well, since you're making me pick so early and I Come don't on, know health, go. I'm going to go out there and just say, Le- I'm going to go out there and say LeBron does it again. Mm-hmm. Lakers find a way to win the championship. And and this, and after they win it, we really gonna have a real tough conversation about this, the goat talk after that. Who's in, and who's I don't, in the finals I'm, I'm, a, the I'm a Jordan guy, so I don't, I don't even want to have a conversation, but I know if LeBron won another championship, we're going to really have to have that conversation. Listen, the heavens are opening up for you right now. The lighting's fantastic, but who do the Lakers beat out of the East? Uh, the Lakers beat the Nets. I'm with you with okay. the Nets. I'm okay. with you with the Nets. All right. Speaking of goat talk, we got to get to this LBJ MJ thing because you played with both. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not at like you know MJ as a wizard, which was fun, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, but I-, I need perspective. I need what you saw or what you have firsthand knowledge of that makes them similar, or, or that what makes them completely different. It's kind of simple. What makes them similar is both their drive, their, their, their drive to be good. You know, LeBron James, man, he's working out at his house before practice, coming in, getting it in, and then going out there to practice. Same thing with MJ. Like, MJ could be up all night till 4 or 5 in the morning playing cards, and then you get to the gym, you think you're, going, you think you're getting there early, and he already there. And so <laughs> I, I remember one time, man, like, he, got, he was there so early because the young guys had to be there at a certain time. And so I'm thinking I'm early. I get to the gym. MJ already there, lathered up. I'm like, yo, M, what you what you doing here so early? He's like, yo, the better question is why did I beat you here? I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, so, and, and so like from that point on, he showed me what it was to really work in this league. And so him and LeBron had that same work ethic. What makes them different is their approach to winning. MJ wants to win with scoring and cutting your heart out. That's what he does. Like he wants to beat you at everything on the plane. He wants to beat you in cards. He wants to win in shooting competitions at practice. He wants to win every scrimmage. MJ is just the ultimate competitor. 
Whereas Braun, he's more cerebral. Where he's trying to think, how do I motivate the guys to win? How do I have the better floor game? Like, like, he, like MJ ain't worried about no floor game. He ain't worried about ten assists. I'm trying, I'm trying to get at you and give you the. I'm trying to give you this barbecue chicken to serve it to you fresh off the grill. Where Braun's totally thinking of the whole game and okay, how do I activate this guy and and opposed to that guy? So that's what it is, man. That that's the biggest difference to me, man. Braun is thinking overall floor game. MJ's thinking, how do I take your heart out? Mm. Okay. Solid synopsis. I like that a lot. Ooh. Something's in my eye. King, are you, you are you with you, us? You good over there? Yeah, I'm good. I kind of thought you were going to, I didn't want to ask the next question, so I was just waiting on you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Let's go ahead and hit the whole word association. Now, we did this with Ryan. So, we got to do this with you too, okay? Okay. You gonna, whatever off. Ryan did, I'm going to do it better than him. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, you want to start it off? You want me to start it off? Uh, you know, when you book the guests, you run the word association. You go for it. Because, I mean, I got a few of my own word associations uh, that I feel like I want to throw in here. Let's go. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. One word, okay? Let's go. Julius Randall. Is payday one word? <laughs> Let's get it. Sure. Payday. We can go with that. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Beast. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hmm. Versatile. Hmm. Joel Embiid. We said that Joel Embiid already. We did? I said beast. He's a beast. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Well, King, I, I King, King, King can't wait to get to that new car. He right, man. Like, what? He already got the charger or whatever he's been to get. Get up out of here. <laughs> my bad. I misread my fault. Luka Doncic. Future. Mm. Jokic. MVP. Mm. Gobert. Protector. AD. Hmm. Hmm. AD. What's a good one for AD? <laughs> come back to me on AD. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna get that one at the end. Bet. Ryan Hollins. <laughs> Hilarious. Bet. Now we got to go back to AD. AD. AD? Hmm. Wait, no, you skipped one. Kawhi. Oh, we can go Kawhi, too. I didn't think we wanted to go Kawhi, but Kawhi. Assassin. Hmm. All right, now back to AD. Now AD. Yeah. Back to AD. Confusing. Ah. You know what? I was can gonna, you please? Yeah, please I was elaborate. Gonna say elaborate, please. <laughs> Confusing because when I look at AD, I think that I should have the same confidence in him to lead a team that I do Joel Embiid and the Joker. But when I watch the games, I don't. Like 
I think AD is a he's one of the rare guys that he's a top five, top ten player in this league, but he's better suited to be a number two, even though he has all the skill set. So that's why I said he's kind of confusing to me because he has the skill set yeah. to be number one. But if you really watch AD play, he's best when somebody sets the table for him. Whereas most true number ones are better getting it off on their own. AD's better when he sets the pick and he pops to an open area and then he gets to do his thing. Or he gets out in transition and Braun finds him for a lob or he catches it off the rim or he shows his versatility on defense. I don't know if he's a true number one, like if, the, if LeBron retired tomorrow and the Lakers handed him the torch, mm-hmm. he the dude like, yo, get me a bucket because when you give the ball to AD, you pretty much know it's going to end up in a jab step jumper. Yeah. And he's not going to be making other guys better. So he's kind of confusing because when I watch what 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 Joker has become and what Embiid has become, and and even Giannis, they've all surpassed him in my mind. So it's confusing because I think he should be up there with them, but I don't think he can carry a team like those guys. That is such a great, you're such a great basketball analyst, be with. That is hey man, I, I, you just saying that because I'm on the I'm on the show, man. You know, you just saying that because I'm on the show. <laughs> no, I mean, no, for I agree with that 100. I think when I think about it, I think those guys that have passed him know what they do best. And to your point, I, I just, and maybe it's because AD is so versatile, right? Like you get a ball to Joel in the paint, it's a wrap. Like Joker, Joker's just a beast. And then like yeah. Giannis about to run you down your throat, run down your throat. Like it's, we already know that. Yeah, that's, that's, he's just kind of confusing to me. I'm, I'm confused. I don't know if, like I said, when LeBron goes down, I just don't know are the Lakers going to be in contention anymore. Even if they bring in another star with them, like, can he be the dude? So he's confusing. Mm. I, I I feel that 100%. Monica, let's do the bucket board of block with him. I did it last oh, week. Yes, 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 yes. You do, you do a better job of explaining than I do. You know, I held right. it down for you. But we, you know what? You did so well. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for allowing me to have my time away because things are crazy. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, okay, okay. B-Wood, here's the deal. Our show is called Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Uh, we know in the interest of time, let's just get one because King got to go buy a car. So yeah. you can pick one. Got, got, got the satchel. <laughs> <laughs> the bucket is the thing you want more of. Give me all of this. More buckets, more buckets, more buckets. Okay. The block is the thing that, nah. Oh, no, the board is second. Excuse me. The board is kind of like, eh. And then it's like, oh, okay. Silver lining, kind of like a rebound. The block is the get this out of here thing. I don't want any more of it. To Kim Bay Matumbo finger wag. Okay. So give me, King, what's our topic though? The play, this season, this NBA season? Let's go NBA season. Okay. This NBA season, pick one and tell us why your bucket, your board, or your block. Just for the whole season? Mm-hmm. You got the whole season, playoff specific, specific player. You can take it anywhere you want. Oh, just pick something out of the year that, that's my bucket. A bucket, a board, or a block. Okay, uh, I'm 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 a little bit confused. So anything okay. in this NBA, I can I can just so for my bucket, just take anything that I like for the NBA. You want more of it, yeah. This season, what do you want more of from this season? Okay, cool. So my bucket this in this NBA season, I want more of the battle for the scoring title that I got between Bradley Beal. And Steph Curry, man, that thing been like that. Them boys been going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I think this is Steph Curry's best year, so I want more of that. So that's my bucket. My bucket is the is the race for the scoring title between those guys. Um, okay. Since we got you, you're bored. The thing that you looked at and said no, but then it had some redeeming quality silver lining from this season. 
My board would be the play. Something. It's like no. yeah, my board would be the play. My, my board really oh, okay. is the playing. My board is the playing tournament because it's like eh, I'm kind of in between on whether I like it or I don't like it. So I'm right there in the. I'm right there on the fence. So I'm in the middle. So that's my board. And I guess for my block, what I don't want to see more of. I don't want to see any more of this shortened season with all the injuries they've had this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they fix the schedule next year, but make sure these guys get proper rest in the offseason. They need the days to make sure that their body is healed and they can be whole. Because I'm tired of seeing our stars get hurt the way they have this season. Our stars it's have been a, hurt at an alarming rate this year. It's an Olympic year, B. Wood. Like, is it even going to be feasible this offseason? That's why. I mean, I, hey, listen, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't claim to have the answers. But I'm just saying, I ain't got the answer, Sway. But all, well, well, all I'm saying is that I want to see them somehow, some way, make sure that these guys get proper rest. Copy that. For sure. Brendan Haywood. Yeah. Brendan Haywood, you heard it here first. B. Wood, a.k.a. Mr. Petty. Yes, Appreciate you, man, for joining us. Hey, King, go, go buy that Bentley, man. Go get that Bentley. You might have to loan me a few dollars to go get a Bentley, man. <laughs> Hey man, see you sound like my family members, man. I don't play no more, man. I just can't be giving away money, man. <laughs> you sound like hey, I still be getting them calls. Hey dog, uh, give me a favor, my gosh. Yeah, shit, I know That's I funny. picked up. That was dope. All right, time to wrap it up. Thanks to our guest Brennan Haywood and producer, great producer Bruce Bernstein. Thanks also to our editor Kristen Woolley. Make sure you go check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Mike Wise has a new show each Monday. His guest this week is Sean Powell of NBA.com, who is one of the best hoops journalists ever. Full Court with Fisher and Kay has the best in college hoop. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is here on Wednesday. This week, Aaron and Otto welcome Monica's pal, Alan Hahn of MSG Network and ESPN Radio. Monica and I have Buckets, Boards, and Blocks on Thursday, and Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman is here every Friday. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. All right, folks. We are not clear of this pandemic just yet, but you can do your part by getting vaccinated and still wear your mask. I am one week away from full vaccination. Got both shots. Didn't have any symptoms on the second one. Thank you. All right. Be sure to thank a nurse, doctor, a teacher, a frontline worker, your grocery person, all the folks that have helped us navigate this pandemic as best we can. Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. And you know what time it is. WNBA starts this weekend and we are a week away from the playoffs. We got the play in. Wherever you get them, make sure you enjoy your food. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.